0: You need Indeed. All
1: systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Welcome back to another one here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. Thanks for being with us. And thank you for making Insight one of the top wrestling podcasts on the planet. I appreciate you. Hope you're doing great. I always love this week between Christmas Christmas. And New Year's, you're full of holiday food. You're full of holiday treats. You get to spend some time with some loved ones. Maybe you get a day or two off, maybe more. And it's just like a chance to reset, readjust. And this isn't my quote, but I I love sharing it. It doesn't matter what you eat between Christmas and New Year's. It matters what you eat between New Year's and Christmas, right? (laughs) If you're listening to the show and you're not following the show, and that's unfortunately most of the people who listen, could you just take a second right now and hit that follow button? Even if you've never followed a podcast ever on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you didn't even know that was a thing, because it helps the show so, so much. And it's also just such an easy and effortless thing to do. Like, why why wouldn't you click follow? I mean, the show is gonna keep getting bigger, right? But with your help... I feel like we can pour some gasoline on that fire and we've got some big plans for 2024. And if you follow me on social media, you know that I was in Orlando last week. We rented an Airbnb and we did five interviews. Tuesday's episode with Mackenzie Mitchell was one of them. This one here today with Sammy Guevara, one of them as well. And it's pretty crazy to think that the last interview I did with Sammy Guevara was in the summer of 2019 before Dynamite had even started on TV. So a lot has happened since then. He's a new dad now, welcoming a baby girl, Luna, with his wife, Ty Mello. He's also a three-time TNT champion, and he has some of the most memorable high spots in AEW history, like being thrown off the cage by Eddie Kingston, being hit by the golf cart, by Matt Hardy, that scary moment off the scissor lift with Matt Hardy as well, with the concussion. He actually tells me what the full plan was for that match. The cutter off the ladder to Cody and what ended up being Cody Rhodes' last AEW match. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about here. Also, the Chris Jericho stuff, the longtime friendship that he turned on him. WrestleMania 19, Chris Jericho, HBK style. So there's a lot to get in here. I think you're going to love this. Snap a screenshot and share it on social media and tag us so we can share it as well. It's just our names. He's at Sammy Guevara. I'm at Chris Van Fleet. And here we go. Enjoy this conversation with Sammy Guevara. Yeah, we've stepped the game up a little bit here,
2: yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. You got sponsorships. <laughs> F3 Energy. Yeah. yeah. You got multiple cameras. I mean, you could look, look at each one
1: right now. So there's, look mm. at that one. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Mm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Mm. We look got a look.
2: guy back there. <laughs> yeah, Harry, Harry's the best. monitors. I'm impressed, man. Congratulations.
1: Dude, congrats to you on
2: everything. You know? I'm-
1: Personally, professionally. The last interview we did, AEW hadn't even had a match at that point. In time. Yeah, it was the summer of 2019. Crazy. Recording it on my iPhone in a hotel. I randomly was in Houston to see the Astros play with my dad, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wait a second,
2: Sammy Guevara <laughs> lives in yeah. Houston, and not no more. I don't live there no more. You live here in, live Orlando, in Orlando now. Orlando, yeah. But look
1: at you and your dad. I know you're a dad. We're dads. Look at us and husbands. Right, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats to you too. Thank you. How's t- I
2: saw when you posted like the, uh, what is it? Skin on skin. The, ro- the so, rock told cool. me to do that. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, well, if the rock says to do it, gotta do and it. That's a th-
1: You did it too, right?
2: Um, a it's a thing. No. So I wanted to do it, but whenever uh, she gave birth, they had to like stitch her up. because She had a tear. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, they almost had to send her to the OR, and then she was, like, having a reaction from the uh, epidural. Oh, yeah. And then, so, it was, like, a scary moment. So, she's holding the kid, but then all of a sudden, she starts, like, shaking like crazy. Her skin turns, like, a different color, like, really pale. So, it was, like, for, and then, like, she uh started throwing up. So, they handed the baby to me, but I still had my shirt on, and it's, like, not a time to be, like, oh, let me take my <laughs> shirt off, and, Yeah. yeah. It was, it was scary for a minute, but... uh Oh, man. The whole... We don't need to get into the
1: details of it, but that whole... The whole thing around pregnancy is wild. Yeah. And I have so much love and respect for my wife, Rachel, for everything that she went through during the pregnancy. But that day... She was in labor for 42 hours.
2: Wow. Okay. Because we were there for 20... Like, 25 hours. So just,
1: crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, just... Absolutely
2: crazy. The, the lead up to it, too, is like, everything at the hospital that she had to go through and then the whole pregnancy, it's like, I, I would always joke like, oh, we're going to have like seven kids or whatever. But man, after that first one, it's whatever she wants to do, you know? I
1: remember in the hospital, my my wife's like, how do people want to do this? Like more than once? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: Do they that's, just forget? Yeah. That's what Ty was saying. She's like, I'm never doing this again.
1: And then a few months later, like, you know, our daughter's almost seven months old now. She's like, I think we could do it again. I'm like, <laughs> I'm totally on board 1,000%, right. but like, you need to remember. Well, that's,
2: it's, it's like a couple of days ago, she was like, yeah, I could see me doing this again. Like, she was holding <laughs> our daughter, and then it's like, you just said. Yeah. Like, yeah, but look, she's so cute.
1: How old's Luna?
2: Uh, almost one month. Oh, it's
1: brand
2: new. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right out of the shop,
1: you know? You're close to like, you know, it's soon when you start getting like smiles.
2: Yeah, I've, I've seen some smiles and stuff. And that's like, that's a game changer. Dude.
1: Cause before then, you know, you're just caring for this thing that's crying and sleeping and eating and crying and sleeping and eating. Yeah, yeah. And you see a little smile and you're like, Oh uh-huh.
2: and then like for her to sleep, she really like loves being like contact. Oh. So she'll just fall asleep on my chest and it's just like this is the best. But, oh man. You know, it doesn't dad life great. It's pretty cool for sure. And now it's like it's got me thinking differently just in wrestling, because you know, I'm used to doing all the I'm crazy stuff. But I'm like, yeah, I guess I, I can't be that crazy anymore. So we're gonna dial it back a little bit? I don't know if we're gonna dial it back, but I think we'll be more selective with okay how when we do the crazy so it's maybe not as often. Yeah, yeah. Cause when
1: you look at your resume, I mean especially in AEW but before as
2: well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you were a there, little
2: crazy. There was stuff at like Lucha Underground doing a big moonsault 14 feet in the air just to Jake Hager who, you know, bless his heart, tried to catch me but uh there's only so much you can do.
1: People forget you were in Lucha Underground.
2: Yeah, I was there for, you know, like a couple episodes. But the most of the final season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, people yeah. forget that. I I mean, dude, there is so much randomness throughout the the journey to get to AEW. Some people think it was like a overnight thing, but it was like literally it took eight, nine years.
1: When you look at the roster from any
2: season of Lucha Underground, it's stacked
1: with people who are stars all
2: over the world right now. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. You know, it's unfortunate it didn't keep going, but uh, there was definitely something different. And um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm mad I didn't get those trios titles
1: well maybe it'll yeah. come back one maybe, day
2: maybe who knows maybe uh sam evilicious will team up again evil was... lee sunny kiss and me that, so, yeah that was the match yeah
1: congratulations on getting
2: married thank you like, yeah so much has happened dude yeah and and quick
1: you know yeah it did it happened all very quickly uh-huh. you've been married now for what a little over a year
2: yeah year a couple months look at you what's the best part about being married Honestly, it's very similar to how it was before. Uh, but now I have to remember to, like, carry this ring on. That's a fancy ring. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I've got the uh, silicone one from...
2: So that's what I need to get. From Amazon? Because I wrestle in this one. Oh, dude. Like, there's I wrestled Darby one time, and he took it off, and acted like he was going to throw it in the crowd. And I'm like, this is my actual <laughs> ring, so please don't. Do that.
1: I got a pack of five of these for $12 on Amazon. I'll send you the link. Yeah, they're please. Fantastic. They come in multiple colors.
2: So the only problem with like doing this is because people told me like if I break my finger and it swells up, they're going to have to cut the ring off, you know?
1: Or your finger off. I mean, oh, one God. or the other.
2: Yeah. Well, not, let's not go that far. <laughs> that that
1: happened to Jimmy Fallon. He broke this. It's a thing like where the ring can get snagged on like yeah. a surface and then your finger ends up breaking. And then, like you said, dude, cut the ring off. It'd be a nightmare. Maybe you wear this all of the time except when you're
2: wrestling. But honestly, it's a good way to never lose it if I just never take it off.
1: Yeah. You shower with it on? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So you literally never take it off. I never take it off.
2: It's, it's a nice ring. Sometimes, I w- like if, if I know I'm going to do some crazy stuff in a match, I might be like, okay, just in case, let me just put this in the bag. But most of the time, if you look at my matches, they're going to have to update my action figure. Jeremy... I need a, a hand with a ring on it. <laughs> when you
1: talk about doing crazy stuff, what's the first thing that pops into your mind?
2: Um, when, I, when wha- It's a long list of... Oh, like of, of my highlights and yes. stuff?
1: What's the first one that immediately
2: pops in there? Oh, it's got to be probably the, the cutter off the ladder. <laughs> Spring up, boom. You know, it's funny. It's like the day before at the airport, I was talking to Alan Angels and uh that's when i thought of doing that i was talking i was like do you think this would be cool or do you think this is not cool enough like i wanted to do something like really like that's never been seen um and then uh he was like yeah i think it'd be cool i'm like or should i try to do a twist with it and i'm like nah i guess i'll just do it like this i was so scared the ladder was going to kick back from me though yeah but i remember in midair i'm uh I'm going, I jump off the ladder and in midair, I'm like, oh, wow, it worked. Oh, wow. Oh, ow. And then, you know, we landed. But, like, in midair, I'm thinking, like, oh, wow, I got a good jump. It didn't kick back or anything. Like, yeah.
1: What did Cody say when you told him about the idea?
2: Oh, he was down for everything. He wanted to do, uh, like, so much craziness. This was his last AEW match. I, I didn't know at that time. Maybe he knew. Yeah. But, like, he was wanting to go balls to the wall, like the ending. He wanted to do like a a superplex to the outside through a ladder and all this. I'm like, what? I was like, man, we got to we got to get up and still climb this ladder. And yeah, we ended up doing the swanton with the ladder that didn't break. That was crazy. Yeah, it looked like it broke my back. <laughs>
1: it really did. Mm-hmm. Justin Roberts got that great slow mo video. Yeah, I, I and mean, look the video the, the, what we saw on on TV what, looked great that slow-mo video that oh, Justin yeah. Roberts shot?
2: No, thank thankfully for him like pretty much anything cool that happens, he's always right there getting <laughs> slow-mo videos and I always ask him like, "Can I steal this?" I mean, mm-hmm. he had a book called Best Seat in the House. Literally. Yeah. Literally, mm-hmm. the Best Seat in the House. Yeah. He
1: gets to see it all.
2: Yeah. No, I think him because like <clears throat> even the the 6:30 to Sting and I think the 6:30 to Darby, he got in slow motion. I was like, "Hell yeah."
1: Is sting like, "Sure, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it."
2: So, story about that one. He was supposed to move. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, either the 630 was too fast or timing, whatever, I landed on him. And I remember going through the table and I feel his body on my back and I'm thinking, oh, I just killed Sting. Oh, no. Like, you know? And like I land, I kind of roll off, I look at him. And then he pops up like a minute later, you know? And like finishes the match because he's such a pro, but uh, I remember for a minute I was like, "Oh no!" What did he tell you? Like, I, I, he he t- he took complete total blame of it. He was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't move, whatever." And you know, I was like, "Dude, I'm just happy you're okay." He's like, "Sorry, no soldier move." And but I'm like, "Bro, you're good." You know, like I'm just happy you're alive.
1: That that the room for error, the margin for error on a six thirty, I feel like is
2: so minimal. Mm-hmm. So Ty and I, because we, we always pray before matches and stuff, and we think that maybe Sting didn't move on purpose or the big guy upstairs didn't want him to move because maybe something bad was going to happen to me if he did move. Maybe the table was going to bend over or whatever. So, Because we're like, dude, Sting can move. He goes, you know? So why did he not move? Maybe something bad was going to happen if he, if he did move. Wow. Yeah, that changes everything. That's what, that's what we're thinking, because it's like, it just didn't make sense why it happened that way, but yeah. maybe it was for the best.
1: This episode is brought to you by Bond Charge, and I have been loving their infrared sauna blanket. And if this holiday season, you're wanting to burn some more calories to help with weight, or if you're wanting to detoxify after indulging in one too many holiday treats, check out the infrared sauna blanket from Bond Charge. It works by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise, so you're burning calories while you relax. You can burn up to 600 calories in just one session. And all that sweating helps to flush out heavy metals and other toxins. The thing I love about the sauna blanket is it's so easy to set up. It takes less than a minute to set up, then boom, it heats up rapidly. And then you're sitting there 30 to 40 minutes while you're relaxing, reading watching wrestling, whatever it happens to be, and you're burning calories the whole time. You can save 25% this holiday season, which is a savings of over $170 on the sauna blanket by going to bondcharge.com slash CVV, and then the 25% off code will automatically be applied to your quarter. This deal is hot. See what I did there? It's a sauna blanket, this deal is hot. Go to bondcharge.com slash CVV to save over $170 this holiday season on that infrared sauna blanket. Winter is here and for me that means struggling to find the exact right temperature when I sleep. Too hot, too cold, but recently I found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long using silver infused bed sheets by Miracle Made that were inspired by NASA. Yes, NASA. Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get a better night's sleep every single night. And I think best of all, because they're infused with silver, they prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So that means they stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. Number one, that means you're not doing your laundry as often, which for me is a huge bonus. Number two, probably more importantly, no more gross odors. And I'm sure you're going to ask, are they comfortable? Heck yeah, they're comfortable. They're as nice if not nicer than the luxury brands or like the type of sheets you'd sleep on at a five-star hotel. Give these a try at trymiracle.com slash CVV to give this to someone you love or to gift it to yourself this holiday season. And we've got a special deal just because you're listening to this right now. If you go to the website, trymiracle.com CVV, you'll already save 40%. But if you use the promo code CVV at checkout, you'll get three free towels, our gift to you, and an extra 20% off. And Miracle is so confident here, they're backing this with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied for whatever reason, you get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to TryMiracle.com CVV. Use the code CVV to claim your free three-piece towel set and an additional 20% off. Again, that's TryMiracle.com slash cbv to treat yourself a friend or a loved one this holiday season so it's been almost five years almost to the day we're getting close to you being an AEW. when you look back on these five years what are the things that really stand out for you aside from AEW, you know you met your wife through AEW, yeah right? what are the big things that stand out for you
2: um i mean just in wrestling it changed the, the wrestling landscape you know changed my life. Uh, I have a house. Uh, I, you know, paid off my car. Dude, wrestling
1: bought you a house.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's it's been a hell of a year, but like literally I tell Tony this and Matt, Nick, Cody, Chris, um, you know, all those guys who like helped start all this. It's like, you literally changed my life for the better. And you changed so many people's lives for the better. And I don't think they get a lot of credit for that. Like there's hundreds of people that are you know, lives are doing better because of AEW. And uh, I'm living a dream, you know. I have an action figure. I'm in a video game. I've won titles on TV. It's like stuff that I dreamed about as a kid. And, you know, I met my wife in AEW. If this place doesn't exist, do we meet? You know, mm. I don't know. Yeah. But it's crazy how it all worked out. And I'm just very thankful for the life that I have. You're one of the people that when people think of the TNT title, you're, <laughs> you're like the person. Like, yeah. Uh, three-time champ. Three-time, one-time interim, you know? And, and counting. I mean, it's going to be, you know? it's not just going to be three. Booker T was a five-time WCW champion. Maybe I'll be a five-time TNT champion. He was the six-time WCW champion.
1: Was he? Well, he won the one in WWE. Yeah, okay, it was it,
2: six-time world champ.
1: Six-time, I don't know.
2: He's got so many belts. I Everyone got remembers this. Yeah, 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 I, guess, yeah. I guess it
1: was really technically. I had one more in there. He does that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's your guy, right? He is my guy. I talked to him not too long ago. We had a signing together um which i didn't know he was going to be there oh that's a nice surprise it was it was it was a trip so i was like man i trained at this guy's school and here we are table by table just making money selling our autographs and pictures and it's like uh i was talking to him though and he 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 was asking me like what's your goal you know Mm. and uh i told him i was like i want you know i want to be the world champ and he's like you know my goal was always just to be the best and uh if you strive to be the best, everything else is just gonna come with it. And it really got me thinking like, when I really look at it, that's what I've been trying to do is just be the best. Mm -hmm. Like if you go back and watch like some of my old vlogs, like I wrestled at PWG against uh, Gunther in the last uh, Rosita show for the PWG world title. And uh, I didn't win. And in the vlog, I say like, you know, I didn't win, but I never needed a belt to be Sammy Guevara. You know, I'm just trying to be the best ever. And uh, that's really what I've tried to do the whole entire time. So like, you know, the, the goal, cause you need some goals just to keep striving to keep going forward. And so like the, the world title is it, but in reality, I just want to be the best, the best ever. You know, not all these other names that people list on their top 10 or whatever. I just want to be number, number me. Is the idea to have the best match of the night every night too? hundred percent, you know, um, and I, I used to get a lot of heat for that on the independents because, you know, I'm going out there trying to kill it every time because one, I never knew if I was going to be able to do this like next week or the week after because life is just so fast. Anything can happen. Yeah. And so in AW or whatever, any opportunity that I got, it's like, I'm going to give hundred percent of this. So then, you know, if something happened tomorrow, I know that I gave it everything that I am. And, uh, yeah, I would get a lot of heat for that because it's like, you're doing too much, blah, blah, blah. But all that eventually got me here.
1: But yeah, I guess the idea behind it is like, if you're always giving so much in every match, how could the audience possibly want more? Yeah. Right. Like how could you, when the pay-per-view comes around, they feel like they've already seen it all,
2: you know? So that's like the part of just getting creative. And that, that was like, when I was the TNT champ, it was like, I was trying to have like, crazy matches every single time and it was like getting a a struggle towards the end because it was like all right what else can i do what else can i do and then it was almost a relief when i lost the title because it was like okay i did it i gave everything i could in every match and now i'm done but then i won the title one more time
1: yeah people love talking about the idea of long-term storytelling i feel like what you had with jericho was such a long story yeah, yeah. that doesn't get, doesn't get talked about yeah. like, since the first episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And then going through the inner circle, the sex guys, then turning on him. That it was such a long story that had so many different like, layers to it. And that's not part of the conversation of long-term storytelling. It should be.
2: No, yeah. And I feel like maybe because it's Jericho and it's me and the internet likes to pick us as the guys to like hate or whatever. And I'll say this about Chris, you know, like I feel like he gets a a target on his back just because he's doing it at such a high level for such a long time.
1: It's 33 years into it.
2: Yeah. And it's like, it's sometimes easy to look at a guy and be like, he's the reason my favorites are not doing this or whatever. But in reality, it's like this guy doesn't need to do this anymore. He does it because he likes it or loves it. And, um, you know, the fact that he's still doing it 33 years, like you're saying is a testament to him because the motivation to keep going and doing this, it's, it's hard. you know, I'm 13 years in this now. And sometimes I, I struggle with motivation every now and then. It's like, Oh man, to think of like all the things I got to do to get to where I want to go to. It's like, Oh man, it's a lot of work. Look, you've got motivation in that little girl. A hundred percent. (laughs) Now, now the motivation has changed.
1: Isn't it crazy how it changes everything?
2: Yeah. Oh man. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I respect him a lot just because, you know, he tries to help everyone he can. He's helped me a, a bunch, you know. Um, and it's funny that whenever I turned on him, I'm wearing gear that resembles his uh, his WrestleMania 19 gear versus Shawn Michaels. And he's kind of wearing, in a way, Shawn Michaels-ish, like, the color scheme. But we never really talked about it. It wasn't a thing like, hey, you wear this, I wear this, and, like, because I didn't even know the turn was going to happen that day. I, and truthfully, I didn't even want the turn to happen. I, I never wanted to turn on Chris. I, I, I was telling Tony and everybody, I'm like, let's just go our separate ways. Let's just never, let's just never turn on each other. But uh, it ended up happening, and it, and it went in a really cool way. You know, I mean, that was really cool. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And I feel like that was a, a cool way to do it. That was a
1: nice little Easter egg. And people immediately you know, saw the tie in there. How did you guys line that up so perfectly? Like when you see the side by side image, oh, yeah. of your turn and then the WrestleMania 19 turn, it, they're perfect.
2: I mean, that's that's a uh, I don't know the words, but that's that's like Chris, you know, he's as him selling down like all that, like all I had to do is kick him, kick him in the dick, you know, <laughs> my job's easy.
1: <laughs> but did you backstage guard right, if this is gonna happen? If this turn's gonna happen?
2: Let's make it this thing. Um, it was like, because we're trying to think like, what should we do? Should I fucking super kick him? Should I do this, this? And it's like, what's a more dickish move just to kick him in the dick? So it wasn't like, <laughs> even like, we're trying to pay homage to that right away. It was like, let's just do that. Because I think it was like, kick him in the dick, then hit him with my move. Um, and then it's like, no, nah, let's just do this. And then it's like, okay, well, hey, this is actually a callback to this. Let's yeah. try to like, really, you know. Yeah.
1: I think another thing people forget about you is you had the very first singles match in AEW history. That's right. Yeah. You and Kip Sabian, double or nothing 2019. And look, there's been so many amazing things that have happened in AEW over the last five years. But the fact that you guys had that first singles match is something people will be talking about forever. Mm -hmm. What an honor to be able to do that.
2: Yeah. I remember like when the, because I remember it was like a couple weeks before Double or Nothing, and the match was still not announced, and I remember I was texting Cody, and I was like, "Hey, am I on this show? Am I in the Battle Royale?" He's like, "You're you're gonna be on, don't worry." And then all of a sudden they announced like the, uh, the the match graphic, me versus Kip, and I was like, "Whoa, we're in a singles match!" Like I thought I was just gonna get thrown in the Battle Royale, which I would have been more than happy with, you know, just to be on a historic show like that, but to be having the first singles match in this brand new company. It was a lot of pressure. It's like, ooh, I got to I got to do good and I got to like set the bar for the rest of the show.
1: Well, he really set the tone not just for the rest of the show, but like for what was AEW going to be. Yeah. Like there was talk because at that point it was May, there had been talk since January when this was announced of what's this going to be about? What's it going to look like? What's mm-hmm. it going to feel like? And you guys in that match set the tone for not just that night, but really for everything that came after that.
2: That's what that's what I was really proud of. It's like two guys that are not very known, you know? And uh just going out there on a major stage to get kind of show like this is the future, you know? It's not just gonna be guys with established names, it's gonna be guys you maybe never heard of that also can go and uh it's gonna be a pretty badass mix of both, you know?
1: How did Jericho approach you about the inner
2: circle? So I don't think he ever actually approached me. Like Nick Jackson told me at a fight for fight for the Fallen. Yeah. And he was like, "You know, like you're going to be in a singles match uh with Cody and then I think you're going to be joining Chris." I was like, "Sure, Nick, sure." Um but then I think it was that day like that I found out like, "Oh, this is really happening. Okay, I'm joining Chris Jericho in this new group." And that I mean that went on for a while. Like your yeah. circle was
1: I mean, really, the first real faction in AEW, mm-hmm. and to have you in there, and to have Hager in there, and Jericho kind of leading the way, mm-hmm. Santana
2: Ortiz, yeah. like
1: them coming out and taking the masks that
2: was off, oh, I I love those guys. Yeah, you know? if I, if I could change one thing in AEW, is I would have made them. Uh, I would have made them tag team champions. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I know they're not teaming anymore. Whatever. Yeah, they don't
1: like each other so much anymore. You know.
2: But, you know, one day, maybe they'll get back together. That's what I would. Because, dude, they're just so badass together, you know? Yeah. And especially them in the, the inner circle. To be able to team with those guys, it's like, there's such cool guys in the back, too, and badass in the ring. A lot of respect for those guys.
1: There's a lot of parallels to what you do and what the Hardys did. And for you to have the program that you had with Matt Hardy.
2: Oh, yeah. That must have just been crazy. Dude, big Hardy boys, Mark. You know, I, w- growing up, me and my brother would be Jeff and Matt, and we'd be on our trampolines emulating or imitating their, uh, their moves. And so to be able to wrestle Matt multiple times, it was like, wow, this is cool. Then he
1: runs you over
2: in a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that didn't feel too good. Dude, you took that bump at full speed. Like I said, give a 100% every time, you know, leave nothing undone. And people forget, Chris kind of hit the, the golf cart right before that. He kind of just like maybe touched it a little bit. And uh, I remember telling him like, I'm going to make this look crazy. Like, all right, you're going to hit me with a golf cart? Like, you're going to hit me with a golf cart, you know? But you can't practice that. No, absolutely not. I'm a, when the red light's on, that's when we're going, you know?
1: So how did you time it to jump at the windshield as it's coming at you? <laughs>
2: I just, it was almost like a deer in headlights. I'm running and then it's coming and it's like, oh, there's not like too much time to think because it's like it's coming at you too. Um, It turned out pretty well. I almost had the Yamcha pose from Dragon Ball Z where I'm just lying there dead. (laughs) All the memes
1: that came out of that because like you look behind you and you see it and then (laughs) you start running. Yeah.
2: And then it hits you. Yeah. That was great. People were like, why didn't you just run left or right? And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, maybe next time. Next time. Yeah, next time. next time. Well, I did get hit again by a golf cart, so I'm really not learning my lesson. <laughs> the
1: time a- next time after yes, that. Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, you'll figure yes. it out after that. Mm-hmm. Third time's a
1: charm. But that move with you and Matt Hardy on the scissor lift? Eesh. Yeah.
2: That was scary. That was, uh, I think that was scary for everybody. Yeah. Uh, the tables were, I think, too close. That's what it was. You know, If they were a little bit further, or we went too high on the scissor lift, Man, it was just such an unfortunate thing because we had so much cool stuff for that match. Like, so much cool stuff. I, and I was actually going to get thrown off Daly's place to end the thing. Like, we we're going to climb to the roof of Daly's place and then.
1: What are, you, what are you talking about? I
2: was going to get thrown off.
1: Onto what? Something. So, are we talking 50 feet in the air, 100 feet in the air? Maybe
2: like 30 feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a Shane McMahon spot. Literally. Yeah. yeah. You know that would have been that would' have been really cool just because I love falling off high things, but
1: who says that by the way?
2: <laughs> I just love falling off high stuff man, it's like the closest thing you are to flying until gravity hits you. It's also the closest thing to dying <laughs> <you know? laughs> that's true yeah that's true i I don't know man that's uh I'm glad you're doing it and not me <laughs> yeah but uh man that 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 match, you know unfortunately it's remembered as like one of the worst moments in aw but i think it was a lot of learning from all aspects of what to do in a situation like that um you know and i'm just happy matt was okay you know that was, i remember i was in the back like crying man because i was like so upset he's like a hero of mine and like stuff keeps happening because the chair thing just happened like a couple weeks before that yeah and i followed him to the hospital and i stayed with him till like five in the morning to make sure he was good you know wow
1: accidents happen though
2: no yeah it just you know it was unfortunate it was like one after another and it's like dude what the fuck like am i destined to like fuck this guy up you know like <laughs> why why is this happening
1: yeah why am i hurting my childhood hero yeah
2: dude it was unfortunate but i will say respect to matt because he could have said you know what it is just not working out with this kid don't want to work with him anymore yeah but he still worked with me we did the elite deletion match at his uh, at his compound and uh you know that's respect to him to finish the story the right way instead of just you know cleaning cleaning his hands with it. He he was like, yeah. no, we got to finish it the right way.
1: When you think back to the stadium stampede, Ooh. what's like what's the what's the feeling in your in your gut?
2: Um, man, it, that was such like a such a crazy time of wrestling because the pandemic and everything. And then it's like, okay, we're gonna wrestle in this big empty stadium, <laughs> an
1: NFL stadium,
2: yeah, and then uh. You know, we're all talking about ideas and stuff. And it, then I like, it's like it almost became a bit of like how much bad stuff can happen to me in the match. I'm getting chased by a golf cart. I'm getting chased by a horse. I'm getting hit by sprinklers. I get thrown off of this uh, thing through this platform by Kenny. It's like because I remember they, there was one idea for the horse to chase Hager. And I knew the golf cart was chasing me later. And I was like nah, guys, I think this should be the bit. Like, just <laughs> bad thing after bad thing. Like, I don't ever catch a break. Um, it was probably one of the most fun matches, even though it took forever to film. And then uh, as we're filming it too, we find out it's probably going to be the last match of Double or Nothing. So it's like the main event. Yeah. So that was like really cool too. And then, uh, you know, I was mad I wasn't I wasn't a part of this year's. You know, I got to be a part of the first two. I missed the third one, but... Maybe we'll get on the fourth one. There's not a lot from like the pandemic era that's like super rewatchable because it's just
1: weird, right? You know, it's em- different. Yeah. I, you know, it's like you're, it, it's an empty arena, especially early on. Mm-hmm. That though was like one of the great high spots yeah. of this weird time in the world when we're all dealing with this strange thing that we don't know much about. And it's like this was such a great escape that didn't feel like, like that was the time we were living in.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, that whole Jacksonville era, the pandemic care was probably some of the most fun I ever had in wrestling, despite like there not being much of a crowd. So, like, there's good and bad because, you know, everything's happening in the world. And then, like, the the there's not really fans around the ring, or sometimes we have wrestlers around the ring. Um, AEW
1: was very innovative, though. Like, their first show was like, let's just put the camera on the entranceway. Yep. All that's important is the ring and the entranceway. Mm-hmm. Let's shine a light on that. Then it was like, well, can we have some sort of noise here? Uh-huh. Let's put some wrestlers around yep. the ring. They'll, they can make a little bit of noise. Then AEW was the first to have some fans in the building. Mm-hmm. It's like it was great. How was like, okay, this is the new goalpost. Let's see if we can hit that.
2: That's what they did, and like, and then you saw like WWE changed their hard camp setup to go to the entrance thing very like, quickly. Yeah, yeah. So like, they really like innovative, like how you just said, like that whole thing. And that whole thing was like learning as you go like what can we do all right we're allowed to do this okay can we do this and then okay we can do this and it's like trying to push it push it like until we eventually got back to normal
1: you want to talk about pushing it i feel like you and darby allen are having a competition for like (laughs) i don't know who can do the craziest stuff or maybe who can possibly get injured the most (laughs) i don't
2: know yeah i mean there we actually we had a joke of like who's gonna have the most returns because there was like a year where He kept coming back and leaving, coming back and leaving, then I kept coming back and leaving. Um, Yeah, I mean, he might got me beat now, you know? I feel like I was doing good, doing some crazy stuff, and he was doing some crazy stuff. But, you know, I got a baby now, so. He's not
1: just doing the crazy stuff in wrestling, though. Yeah, he's climbing Mount Everest. And he's doing the Nitro Circus stuff. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I know, I was so jealous of that. He invited me to do the, the, one of the last ones that he did where he backflipped the tricycle. Um oh, man. But Ty was still pregnant at at that time and I was like, I can't leave my pregnant wife to go and backflip a tricycle, you know? I'll feel bad. Because like if that goes well, it looks great. Yeah.
1: If it doesn't go well, that's yeah, pretty bad.
2: Yeah. And I, I was still hurt too. So I was like, man, and I'm gonna get in trouble because they're gonna be like, Why are you're not even cleared. Why are you backflipping stuff? Yeah, so I, I had to pass on it. But maybe next year, you know, the kid will be a little bit bigger.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, should be a little bigger. How you feeling now?
2: Oh, I'm cleared. I'm good. Yeah. Um, that was crazy. You know, I do the cutter so much. And then the stupidest things, Oh, this cutter that I do all the time, uh, just time just bonked my head on the, uh, the canvas and then saw the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what it look like?
2: It looked like this, dude. I knew we were going to be here. Wow. And yeah, here we are. It's yeah, amazing. Here we are.
1: I think that it's funny how sometimes the things that hurt the most in wrestling are the things that don't look like they hurt the most. Yeah. Was that one of them?
2: Yeah, I think so. And if you go back though, you can tell like, oh, okay, maybe he's not good. But like, I didn't know at that time, you know? I actually thought I was, they had a match book for me that Wednesday. And I thought I was good. And then it was until like a couple days later, I was like really feeling it. And then Ty contacted the doctor. Were you feeling dizzy? No, just like the lights were bothering me, and that's throwing st- up. No, no, thankfully it wasn't like that, but I had a headache and stuff, and it was like the lights were bothering me, like bright lights, like my future bright. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then then you know they obviously took me off and let me chill and sent me to some people to see. Um, but yeah, that was like probably the craziest, the longest I've been out of wrestling so far. It's been since October first.
1: One of my favorite highlights of yours is pretty early in the AEW time where you're, you're doing a springboard and Matt Jackson pretty much kicks your head into the crowd. Yeah,
2: yeah. Man, that one, and story of that, I went to Australia the next day. So my, le- my ankle completely rolled to the side. If you watch in slow motion, I pretty much land on my own ankle and almost break it. And my leg swelled up and I flew to Australia the next day. Yeah, which I probably wasn't supposed to, but the timing on that for both of you guys is amazing. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, I anything they give me, I'm going to try to give it 110%. Like, that was a battle royale that I wasn't even in. And I had one spot, which was to do the springboard and get super kicked. And I told uh, Matt, I was like, I'm going to make this look like the craziest super kick. I'm just letting you know. And then he's like, oh, okay. Like, whatever. You know, like, calm down. I'm like, no, it's going to (laughs) be. It's gonna be cool, and then yeah, I tried to freaking turn myself inside out, and uh, yeah, I think I think I think it was a pretty good one. Well, we're gonna run down. It didn't somewhere. feel good, let me tell you, dude. <laughs> I felt it, I felt it on my chin. I was like, ooh, that connected, and then I felt my freaking ankle just just completely popped, and I was like, oh, I just broke my leg. I just broke my leg, and then they're having to carry me to the back and I th- actually when I'm laying on the ground one of the referees come and grabs me and they're like come on get up it's time because it's the show it's a commercial time to get everyone out of there yeah. like the match is over and I'm like yeah I think I'm hurt and they're like what? I'm like yeah I think I broke my leg <laughs> like I'm just so <laughs> calm saying it that like the ref is like wait what? like come on get up I'm like I think I'm fucked up <laughs> yeah I wasn't like in a lot of pain it was just like yeah I just knew I couldn't
1: really walk Damn. out. Let's go through some of your most crazy highlights. You ready? Let's go. How about Eddie Kingston throwing you off the cage of Blood and Guts?
2: Yeah, that was, that was a crazy one. I, well, because the first Blood and Guts, Chris got thrown off the cage. And I, and I remember I wanted to be thrown off the cage because, like I said, I like falling off high things. Um, but <laughs> it didn't make sense in the first one. It made sense for Chris to be thrown off of it. So the second one... When I got told I was in it, I texted Chris. I was like, I'm being thrown off of it. Like, you know, this is, I'm taking this one. And he's like, all right. Um, And it almost didn't happen because the day before we went there and uh, the doctors were like, yeah, no, this is too high. And uh, the tables, like, they had to build a thing. So it's like, it was a little less high. I didn't want anything built there. I was like, just throw me through the tables. like. You know, let's just put a crash pad underneath if you want. But like, it's going to be fine. It's not that high. Up there, though, It's <laughs> it seems way higher. Let me tell you, because I guess your head is just like a different uh, height than your feet. But it, yeah, right beforehand. Dude, it's like my mind's going everywhere right now. But no. So right before we go off of it, I or right before, like, when we're talking about the thing, I wanted to jump off of it. I didn't want no one to throw me off of it. Because I can control myself. I can't control what Eddie Kingston's going to do. Sure. He pushes me with too much momentum, he especially because yeah. the box is only like this big. You go too much, you're going over. You go too little. Like, so, that was really nervous there because that's 100% on Eddie. Mm-hmm. If he pushes me too much, I'm screwed. If he pushes me too little, okay. Like, but luckily, it all worked out, you
1: know? When you're just walking up there, like, and you're looking down and you're seeing the ring all the way down there, how scary is that?
2: Honestly, it's not scary at all for me. Yeah, I had Ty <laughs> go up there though. I was like, "Come, come, check out where I'm going to jump off of," you know. And she was not uh, a fan of the height.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> most people wouldn't be.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I just always want to do something cool. I remember when I was a fan watching cage matches, like, I always would see. Like steel cage matches, and I see Jeff Hardy jumping off of them or whatever, and it's like, that was what would excite me as a kid, so I'm wanting to do something that if I'm a new fan watching, it's like, oh, this is crazy, this is badass, what is this AEW? I want to check it out.
1: And that's, you're one of those people. I don't know how you can, how can you outdo these spots?
2: That's the problem is like, you know, I'm getting to a point where it's like, okay, I'm thinking of all these different things I can do, and I I don't know, but that, if, you, if you notice, I haven't done too much crazy stuff the past like six months. Well, you've been injured. That's true. So if I just take myself out every now and then. <laughs>
1: you can just keep having more returns. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I can beat Darby in the yeah. returns.
1: Have you wrestled Osprey yet?
2: I had a four-way match with him like back in 2018 or 2017 at like a WrestleMania weekend, but never a singles, never a singles. That's going to be great. I think so. At some point in time, I feel like that's going to end up happening. Yeah. Uh, You know, I just want it to be done right, you know, because all the crazy stuff is is good, and I can have all the crazy matches, but, like, I want people to be invested, not just... That's what will take the matches that much more. You can have a great match, but if you have a great story behind it, it makes Mm -hmm. everything so much bigger. And that's what I'd want if him and I ever got into it. It can't be just a thrown-together match. You know, I refuse.
1: When you say your goal is to be the best, is it to have the best match? Is it to be the most memorable character?
2: What is it? Honestly, just the best to me. Like, if I feel like I did my best, like I did the best Sammy Var I could, because everything's like subjective to whoever's observing it, you know? Like some people like apples, some people like oranges. And uh, I I, I learned along the way in AEW, it's like you're not gonna please everybody. Everybody's got something to say. So uh, I'm just trying to make myself proud and, you know, the people who love me proud, you know. How do you deal with the the haters? I, I get annoyed sometimes, you know, yeah. especially last year. I feel like this year it's calmed down a little bit. But man, last year, I feel like they really hated me. Why? I don't know, man. People have their own perceptions of whatever. They want to blame me for whatever. I think there's a lot of people that think they know who you are, think they know what you're about. Mm-hmm
1: and they just project whatever that is onto you.
2: Yeah. Like, people think, you know, whatever, you know, it's... Well, they read a report, and they go, that must be true, mm-hmm. and they don't know what actually happened. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you know, and, and I, I try not to, ta- like, defend myself, like, especially online, because there's never going to be a, win, a winner with it, and sometimes when I do end up defending myself, there's never a winner. It's like, oh, why did I even do this? Because, like then they're going to have something to say with this. So it's like, there's no winning with it. Um, and it just is what it is, you know? Like, I try to give my best in the ring and, uh, you know, just try to show people, especially with the vlogs and everything. It's like, you know, I'm just a kid from the backyard who wanted to be a professional wrestler. And now I'm doing, I'm living my dream. And, uh, you know, anybody out there can do it too, if, as long as you believe in yourself and you work hard. You know, I always say, do it do what they say you can not to become what you know you are. And, uh, oh. you know, I always knew I could do this and be a, a star. And, uh, you know, I got told every, every which way that it would never happen and that it was one in a million. And I always thought, why couldn't I be that one? And so, you know, when people want to go and think of whatever with me, it's like and make up a story of who I am. I'm, I'm really like, I want to tell people like, you know, that's not me. But at the same time, I... It's it's not up to me to go and convince them anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. People are going to make up whatever they want to say about me.
1: I heard a really interesting quote. It was like everybody cheers for you when you're on the way up because they want you to do great, but they don't want you to do better than them. Yep. Because when you get to be successful, you become a reminder of all the things that the other people
2: gave up on. And that and that's the thing like before I got the TNT title, you know, everybody loved me. And I knew once I got the title it was going to change. And then I got the title again. I got the title again. It was like too much success in a way Yeah. that people were like, whoa, whoa, we wanted you to win, but not that much, you know? Yeah. Oh, and and you're like, you got the girl, you're married now, like, whoa, 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 we don't like this.
1: Yeah, having a public relationship probably was, you know, added another layer. 100%. That, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is, I mean, what you just said is a perfect thing, though. You know, they, they want to see you win, but they don't want to see you do better than them. And uh, that's how I felt it was. And I said it was going to happen. And, and then it did. And it was just like, you know, I don't know what you guys want. You guys want to see me win, right? But then once I start winning, it's all of a sudden like, whoa, why are you winning? You wanted me to win. You said you wanted me to win. Now I'm doing it. Why am I at And like, that's the thing like i i never really changed anything i did like i remember there was like reports elves and i'm hard to work with and all this other stuff and it's like no i'm still the same person and like there were certain things like i know i almost never went in the locker room before especially in jacksonville area uh i would me and darby were very similar where we just kind of find a corner and just changed in a corner like i remember i would hang out with the camera guys But then I remember that became like a a big deal. Like all of a sudden I I became champion. It was like, why isn't he in the locker room? I was like, I was never in the locker room, you know? (laughs) Um, So there was like a lot of misconceptions. And I can understand from a certain point, like if you're not really paying attention to someone, and then it's like, oh, now he's got the title and now you're paying attention. It's like, now you kind of notice things. Yeah. You know? And like, I feel like that's what I learned a lot throughout the past couple of years is like just squashing things before they become bigger. You know? I feel like, me and Eddie Kingston, uh, you know, had a little thing and it could have been squashed earlier, you know? And, uh, you know, and I take, I take blame on that too, because, you know, I could have just gone and found out what the deal was. But sometimes when you feel like you're a target, Mm -hmm. you, you almost like want to shut everyone else out. Like, okay, everyone wants to hate me. Screw it. Hate Mm me, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, hold on now. Like, that's not who you are. And so, um, that's that's pretty much what I learned It's just like, you know, going up to people, finding out what's going on. Hey, I'm hearing this. Like, what's going on here?
1: I think you've got to. I mean, not only is that the mature thing to do, and clearly you've, you know, matured a lot if that's the way you're approaching things now. Mm-hmm. But these are people you're seeing week yeah. in, week out. Mm-hmm. These are people you're going to be spending the next however many years with.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. And, like, last year, man, I really felt like I was a target from everywhere, like, from people in the back to other wrestlers to podcasters to everything it's like i felt like i was a target on every way like and maybe that's just how i felt maybe that wasn't even really what it is because you know something i forgot i heard this thing it's like when you walk into a room full of strangers and you just assume they all hate you Mm. like sometimes it's not that it's just in your head you know so um you know it's just learning to really be uh aware of that and uh trying to navigate the best situations that I can and deal with things the best that I can.
1: What do you think is the biggest difference between you now versus the 2019 version of you debuting in AEW?
2: Man, I mean, the biggest difference, I I still feel like I'm the same in a way, but I feel like how I deal with things is different. You know, I feel like, because I was younger, and so it's like I'm dealing with things from a, I feel like a less mature way and then de- having different things happen in my life and then uh, having to deal with them differently, you know, like finding out the best way to do- deal with things is learning. Like, you know, I'm young, you know, like this is my first time being me. And, and so it's like, and-, and living all these different experiences and having to learn and grow. And that's what I've tried to do is just grow and go, you know, grow from the things that I've done or whatever and, and go. Go and be a better version of myself.
1: Is there like a piece of advice from Booker
2: that sticks with you? Um. Yeah. Anytime I get too nervous, it's just like, "Hey, man, uh, if the worst thing that's gonna happen to you is you mess up, life's gonna be okay." Mm -hmm. Kind of don't take things too seriously. Mm. Yeah. So, because there's some some matches where I get way too nervous. You know. He said something to me. Maybe this will resonate with you. Ninety-nine percent, one
1: hundred. Like if you're not one hundred percent. About something. If you're only ninety nine percent about it, you're not all in on it. Mm-hmm. It's it's ninety nine percent or one hundred. Like, and if it's ninety nine percent, it might as well be one percent. If it's one hundred percent, like, do it. Yeah. I feel like very much with the style of wrestling that you have, that's exactly what you do.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially like if you're unsure about like doing something really crazy, <laughs> you know, most likely you shouldn't do it. But that that's the challenging thing too. Is when you're trying to do something really crazy and you know it's dangerous. Trying to like really think about it, like, can I do this, or am I just nervous because I know that like it is dangerous, but I can do it. Like, is it dangerous because like it's gonna be bad, and I know like I shouldn't do it, or is it just dangerous because it's something new? Mm. And anytime something new is like it's you know uh, fearful, people fear the the new. And yeah, so fear the unknown exactly. Yeah. But if it goes right, like that's the cutter off the ladder. You know, I was nervous because I'm like, dude, this is going to be a botchamania, you know, if I, if I just eat, eat shit on it. But uh, luckily it worked out and it's been such an iconic moment.
1: Ladders, though, I, you can't mess with ladders. Like, like you said, they can kick out. A bad thing can happen. But
2: that's, that's also been the thing I've learned is like trying to understand like that the anxiety that I might feel or the fear of it is not real. Like, I can feel this, but this cannot stop me from doing things. Like, you can overcome anything that you feel. Like, I've I've been so nervous for matches that I wanted to leave the building and just quit. But I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't, and I overcame that anxiety and that fear. And it's become great moments in my life that I'm very happy that I did that. And if I didn't do that, I would feel almost ashamed and like a failure because I gave up on myself. Mm. But I challenged myself to do the unknown and uh, it worked out a lot of times. And not every time it's going to, you know, sometimes you're going to fail. You're going to get knocked down. You have to get back up, you know, and that, that's what life's all about. Yeah, Learning, growing, going. Yeah, it's,
1: it's win or learn, right? It's not win
2: or lose. Yes.
1: How nervous were you to sing Jericho's theme?
2: Bro, <laughs> bro. He texted me and was like, I need you to learn the lyrics. And like he was he was dead serious. He wanted me to learn the lyrics. And I really tried. I was studying it. And then the the moment happened. And then there was like, oh, we're gonna give you a microphone. Okay, we're not gonna give you a microphone. Okay. Then I'm singing, and then they give me a microphone. So it kind of messed me up. And then like I just blink on the words. And then the it's live TV and it's going. So I'm just like, ah, da, da, da 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 Like I'm just Making stuff up, you know? But I think that that made it even better. I think so, too. And I I remember I felt bad. I apologized to Chris. I was like, dude, I messed up your song. I'm sorry. He's like, it it was better this way.
1: He's trying so hard to not laugh. Yeah, yeah. As he's walking out with you, Mm -hmm. you can see he's like like making this (laughs) face.
2: He's probably thinking like, dude, I gave him one job this whole week. Learn the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. And this is the best you
1: got. <laughs> and you probably knew most of the lyrics, you know? I
2: don't know about that. Really? I knew the, what have I become? Yeah, everybody knows that. that part, you know, right? The chorus one, but the other ones? you know.
1: Could you sing it right now? Like, do you know? I it? think
2: I know a lot more now. I don't even think, I become, I become, I become, man. I become, I become. I become. Hey. <laughs> yeah, All dude. Right, I've done. heard it a million
1: times. Well, you, you've heard it 10 million times then.
2: Yeah. And he, he, uh, You know, he gave me a lot of credit too um, before because when I would come out with him, I'd just be behind him. And then like, I never really listened to the song before until I started coming out with him. And I remember listening to it and I was like, wow, this song's pretty good. And I'm jamming behind him and stuff. And then I'm like singing and stuff. And he was like, yeah, kind of like made it more of a thing is you just acting like a goof, like singing my song behind me. And so, yeah.
1: Was it planned out that you were going to play it at your wedding?
2: Um, or did it just kind of happen? So because uh, Ty and I like even before we were together, like we we did like a karaoke thing at a signing where we just sung the 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 song, and I uh, like went whatever got a lot of views online, viral stuff, and so it was like okay that we got to sing this. That was like one of our first times ever hanging out, and we're just friends at that point. And it's like, well, now we're married, you know, we might as well like. Play it here, too.
1: Watching you guys sing it with the smiles on your face
2: <laughs> at your wedding, it's, it's, it's an incredible wedding video. It was, it was really cool, you know? And then we even went in the, because uh, we were on the Jericho cruise this past year, and um, yeah, he was singing Judas, and we just went in the crowd and started jamming like crazy. And I like, isn't it crazy? We were singing this here, then we're doing it at the wedding, now we're on the boat. Is Luna know? going on the Jericho cruise? Man, I think she's too small right now. Yeah, maybe the next one. Yeah, I think we looked up. They have to be at least like uh, three months. Oh, really? Yeah, or six months. I could be wrong.
1: You could be like, I know the guy who the cruise is named. Well, he
2: might he might be able to pull pull some connections, but um, yeah, it's a tough age with how much they're they have to
1: eat and figuring out the sleep. mm -hmm. You know, you're you're not getting a lot of it. No.
2: And well, thankfully, like, Ty's mom is here, and she's been helping a lot. Oh, that's A weird. lot at night. You know, she leaves at the end of the month, so then I'm going to cry.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Cry because she's leaving. You know, not, not because she helps <laughs> and, like, so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember there was one night. We were taking turns when the baby's sleeping in your room, right? Mm-hmm. So in the bassinet. And we were taking turns. And there was one night where, like, our daughter Logan just wouldn't stop for, like, an hour. And you're looking at this beautiful little girl (laughs)
2: screaming her head off. Yeah. They don't know how to do much,
1: but they know how to scream. Oh, Yeah. They know how to scream, sleep, and eat. That's it. She's screaming at me. (laughs) And I'm looking at this baby and it's 3.30 in the morning or whatever. And I'm like, I love you so much, but I need to
2: sleep. Dude, I was talking to Luna. She's screaming. Ty's pumping the bottle. And I'm like, hey, we hear you. She's pumping the bottle right now. You're being inconsiderate.
1: <laughs> I'm like, honey, I love you so much, but there's nothing we can do. She wouldn't take a bottle until oh, wow. maybe like the last month or so. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's one food source, and it ain't me. Yeah, yeah. So there's literally nothing I can do except hold her.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. In the beginning, uh, we, we weren't doing the bottles, uh, and it was just Ty getting up. I'm like, yo, you got to pump the bottles because this is going to be rough on you, you know, yeah I'm a sound sleeper too, so I'd be like, just wake me up and I'll go feed her, like <laughs> if you give me the bottles and stuff, you know.
1: We have a freezer full of milk that there's she won't drink it from a bottle, so yeah, it just sits there. Actually, mm-hmm. we donated some recently, which was that was pretty great to be able to do that, but like did just, you
2: did you drink it? You have to, right? <laughs> dude. I haven't tried it yet, but uh, I'm going to. I think
1: you have to. Yeah, you have, it got you have like, to. You know, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I was just like, oh, try a little bit here.
2: <laughs> oh, you didn't okay. open the thing. Just,
1: uh, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Give that a try if you want. No, I, I'm gonna try it for sure. I haven't tried it yet. It though. doesn't have much of a flavor. I think we're going way down a rabbit hole. here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have much of a flavor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's. but oh, this is this is very strange. People are gonna be like, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs>
2: It's all very beautiful, though. I'm going to put it in my cereal. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's the part you're going to clip. <laughs> that's, the, that's
1: the clip right there. The, all of it is so beautiful, and I I love Rachel so much more. Yeah. Watching her go through all of this and us going through it together. And, like our baby crawled for the first time. Oh, that uh, that's awesome. And you're you're, you're going to get so many firsts between now and where we're at at six months. But
2: there's so many little moments. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's crazy how fast they get big. Like it's so just crazy. For, she's almost a month, and I know it's not that much time, but I can tell. Like that she's gotten bigger in just that little amount of time. Is like,
1: the background of your phone her? Oh yeah. This is how you know. It's how you know you're a dad.
2: Wait, wait.
1: close, close, close. You know, a lot of notifications. That's Look at your man. Is your phone on popular mode?
2: I don't know. You can kind of. Oh yeah.
1: man. I kind of see Actually, I don't. So I've got this thing right now.
2: There we go. I got it. I fixed it. Got all the notifications off. There. let me
1: clear mine. I've got this thing now. So there's
2: oh! there she is in the back. Look, look at that. But Just a couple dads here. Look at us
1: just being dads. <laughs> I've got this thing with the iPhone now where you can tap it and it goes, Whoa!
2: It goes through. Whoa. You got to show me how to do that. It goes
1: through your featured photos. So it's between Rachel, Logan, and the dog. Dad's <laughs> cool. Oh, and dad. There's my dad. So Rachel Logan, I'll show you how to do it. It takes your featured photos. Yeah. And it just every time you tap it.
2: That's cool. Cause like my background, when you open it, is from the wedding. Oh, that's beautiful. What a great so photo. I got, I got my two girls there.
1: Yeah. Well, if you change it over, you'll be like, oh, that's a nice little memory I'm reminded of. Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember that photo. That's cool. Like there was this. I don't know. It's gone now. But there was like a landscape photo. I'm like, I don't even remember. I don't know. I don't remember where that is or yeah. where that
2: was. That's. I do like that feature in the in the phone where it just. Pops up memories and all those kind of things. Yeah, it's like you just forget stuff, and then it's like, oh, a year ago, this happened. There's something about the lock
1: screen being the same all the time that kind of numbs you to it. Yeah. So I I was changing it pretty frequently before, and now that this I realize this is a feature, I'm like, oh wow, that's like a that activates a new part of my brain. I'm like, mm. oh, I want to go down that path, and remember that cool. Yeah, moment.
2: yeah, yeah. You definitely have to show me how to do that. I will. That's There's, cool,
1: man. What what a year you've had been it's been a while it's been a wild one man it what i mean i don't know the exact time frame but what is it for you
2: for being engaged buying a house getting married getting pregnant having a kid dude 2022 is probably like one of the best years of my life you know i mean this year now we have the baby but uh 2022 got engaged got married and we got the house and then 2023 pregnant baby you know so it's been a it's been a cool almost two years. And that's just personally, you know, professionally over the last two
1: years, there's been a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride, man. Uh, you know, you go from being super loved to super hated to loved again to hated again. Like it's, it's yeah. It's where crazy. are you at now? Do people I, yeah. love you or hate you? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I think they hated me because I turned on Chris, mm-hmm. but then then I got hurt. So maybe. Maybe now I can come back and be a good guy again. They're going to love you after this interview
1: and this jacket.
2: This is a, Rey Mysterio, this is a Rey Mysterio jacket? a Mysterio jacket. My this. childhood hero, Rey Mysterio. Got to wrestle him a couple of times. No yeah, big no, deal. Big deal. no big deal. Yeah, no, no. He's super cool. Yeah. Um, so i him at a Denver show one time. He's like, what's up, Sammy? And I was like, oh, he remembers my name. <laughs> what? Yeah. Who haven't you worked with yet in, the, in AEW? In AEW?
1: Hmm.
2: Other than Osprey, which we already talked about. Right, right. I mean, dude, there's like guys who come in, like RVD, I would love to wrestle, you know, just because he was also a guy, like Jeff Hardy and RVD were my guys. Jeff Hardy, that's the guy I got to wrestle. Go. Yeah. yeah. Think, that, that'd be number one. Think about if you were to go in a time machine
1: to when you were wrestling in your backyard. Oh, man. And you were to tell that version of yourself one day you're going to meet a faction with Chris Jericho. Uh-huh. And, oh, by the way, you're going to turn on him. Yeah, yeah. And you're also going to do a program with Matt Hardy. Yep.
2: What do you think he would say? I think he'd believe you. Yeah. Um, maybe he'd be mad that it didn't happen sooner. Really? Yeah, he'd be like, what? It took us that long? We're going to do know. it faster. And then he would almost challenge me. Dude, your 20s have been pretty great. I think so. You know, it's, it's crazy how wrestling has changed too with like social media and everything. It's like, guys are getting signed younger and younger and it's it's pretty it's pretty cool man it's pretty wild that we're in an era now of like the gifs like mm-hmm. gifable
1: moments like people aren't even watching full matches yeah uh they're they're going oh i saw that clip or that gif from that well
2: match. that's like what blew up uh that alex zane guy you know yeah and uh that six thirty to the outside just blew him up yeah and that's that's like thanks to social media and all that you know The vlogs help me like connect with people in a way and show a different light to who I am, and so you know it's it's definitely um, it's cool to see guys use the the tools that we all have at that are accessible on our phones. You know, it's like is the vlog coming back? It will come back eventually. I I don't know if it'll be as frequent because I do feel like YouTube has changed. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, I started a whole new channel because it changed. Yeah, the clips one is
1: blown up. Don't, don't worry, we've got about 12 clips already. All in, in right, interview. there we go. But the Clips channel, like, eclipsed the main one. Like, my main one started in 2011. Mm-hmm. I started the Clips channel really, like, two-ish years ago. And it's growing at a crazy rate. So, yeah. you're right. YouTube's changed a lot. And I just kind of went, oh, if that's what you're looking for, I'll give you as much of that as mm-hmm. I can do.
2: See, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Like, maybe I'll do that. Because, like, I think vlogs got so, like, saturated. Like, there was BT... There was Isaiah Cassie's Unos Mine, Ethan Page, Ethan Pages, yes. Yeah. Which his his are great, you know, the toy hunts and he's all not that. Not doing them anymore. I know. I was yeah. like,
1: what? He basically said, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It just got too taxing to like. I made an agreement with the audience that I was going to put out one a week yeah. every week, yeah. and he's like, you could
2: tell sometimes that I clearly was just putting it out because I needed to put it out. Man, and like especially now it's more like lifestyle stuff like just me because like everyone's left like Fuego's not an aw allen's and TNA, and so it's not as easy to like get the guys that were in it before in it so like but before when i had the other people in it it was very exhausting at the shows hey i gotta worry about my segment or my match but also i gotta grab like five people to film a bit with or whatever and it's Really like stressful. And were you still editing it yourself? Oh, I still edit it all. Well, maybe you should outsource that. So I do sometimes, uh, Kip Sabian's brother, Producer Bin. What a Producer Bin? He, uh, he, he edits a lot of mine nice. stuff. But I, I also do like to edit. Like I really like to edit.
1: I like to edit. I don't love to edit. Mm. And th- that shifted for me. Like when I got, Troy's the guy who makes all my vertical videos. I mm-hmm. think it's the best in the game. And then Joe does all of my CVV clip stuff. When I was able to tell them
2: like what I was looking for, and then they took that over. Yeah, they're
1: ten out of ten editors. They're eleven out of ten editors. Yeah. I'm like a four out of ten editor.
2: <laughs> yeah. So- well, that's the thing. Like producer Ben, he can do all these like effects and stuff that I have no idea how to do. So he can make the videos way cooler. But sometimes I feel like like a vlog. It's almost like your baby or what you film. It's like so. It's like I want to almost be hands-on with it Mm -hmm. but sometimes i can't i'm like dude i'll pay you like please take care of this like i feel like i think it's jake paul just like films
1: it and then whatever his editor comes up with yeah yeah that's the video Mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe you got to take that approach what do i know
2: no i mean definitely i think i think you're right especially now that i have a baby i think it's going to be a little (laughs) bit more difficult (laughs) you thought you were busy before right yeah (laughs) everything changes now yep
1: Dude, it's so good to catch up with you. Yeah, it's been a while, man. It's, it's been a long time. Crazy to think that you had the panda head last time yeah, I yeah, did the interview.
2: I should've brought it. Should've put it right just there.
1: For, just for old time. We just got this random
2: <laughs> vase in this Airbnb here. Yes. That, wow,
1: matches the curtains. Nice. I this is notice, a though. very
2: nice setup. It's, it's better than the hotel we're in before.
1: <laughs> better than the hotel with my iPhone on a $10 stand of some sort. Yeah. I figured if we can get an Airbnb, and we can just bring people here. We've done five interviews. You're number five them. Yeah, well, hey,
2: you're in Orlando. It's like the hot spot. All of you guys live here. Yeah, it's crazy I live here because I never thought I'd live here. I was like, I'm never moving to Orlando. All well, the wrestlers are here. You're never. very much a like Texas. like yeah, I
1: love Texas. And yeah. that's how people feel about Texas.
2: Well, I, still, I still say, uh, uh, you know, from Houston, Texas. Of and, course. And I'll always rep Houston. And the reason for that is because if there's any kids from Houston that watch me and then they are, you know, not in the best spot in life. They can see me and say, like, hey, this guy made it, so why yeah, can't I? Yeah. And that's why I always refuse them.
1: Congrats on all your success, man.
2: Congrats on all your
1: success. <laughs> Thank you. Personally, professionally for you. And we weren't doing this before, so it's gonna be great. I end every interview talking about gratitude. Oh yes. So uh, what are three things in your life
2: you're grateful for right now? I am grateful for Ty, my wife i'm grateful for our baby and i am grateful for uh our life you know three great things yeah
1: hell yeah man what are the three things you're grateful for oh my gosh turn the tables on me grateful for my wife she's just such a great partner and great mother to our little girl grateful for logan our daughter yeah and grateful for health there we go. So grateful for health. Without that, none of this is possible.
2: Isn't it crazy? When you get sick, all of a sudden you start appreciating like how much you took for granted right? like, when you're normal. Yeah.
1: And also just grateful for opportunities. Yeah.
2: Like, and you're grateful
1: for me. Grateful you know? for grateful you. for make, me. Making this happen. <laughs> yeah. So we finally made it happen. Yeah. We finally caught up. Yeah. So thanks, bro. No, thank you, dude. Appreciate you, man. Let's do it again in uh, another five years. Uh, see you in 2028. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There it is, my friend. Congrats to Sammy and Ty on their baby girl, Luna. Congrats to Sammy on everything he's accomplished in his four and a half years in AEW. And I know there's a lot of people who feel a certain way about Sammy, but I hope that this conversation made you see him in a different light. And it's hard not to appreciate the things he's done in AEW. Snap a screenshot, share it on social media. Tag us so we can share it out as well. He's at Sammy Guevara. It's just his name. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Also just my name. Although if you're on TikTok, Chris.Van Vliet on TikTok. Somebody took, you know, the name without the dot on there. But either way, take a screenshot and tag us. And since this is our last episode for the year, my goodness, I just want to say thank you for an amazing 2023 that exceeded any expectations, any goals that I had for this year, we crushed them all. It's absolutely crazy. I couldn't have done this without you. So thank you. Thank you for being on this ride with me, whether this is the first and only episode that you've ever listened to, or whether you've been here for all 548 episodes of the show. Amazing. We're just getting started, my friends. Here's a quote from Neil Gaiman, which I think is just so fitting as we head into the new year. I hope that in this new year to come, you make mistakes because if you're making mistakes, then you're trying new things. You're learning, you're living, you're pushing yourself and you're changing your world. You're doing things you've never done before. And more importantly, you're doing something. Be great and be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight and happy new year to you.